0: It up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast network. I'm Bruce Nolan. That's Nate Geary. And this is food for thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F words. That's right. Football and food. The third one is the fantastic four. Love that. We're going to stretch these metaphors to absolutely as far as they could possibly go. We're going to be Mr. Fantastic tonight. We are going to bend ourselves into all sorts of logical stretch pretzels to try to make all of this stuff work. A reminder that today's show is brought to you by Genesee brewing company since 1878 genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint can and bottle of their beer they make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience look for genesee beer genesee light cream ale and their specialty line with beers like ruby red kolsch and oktoberfest genesee brewery rochester
1: new york mr geary how you doing man I'm doing very well, and it is Ruby Red Kolsch season, officially, uh, for those who celebrate uh, in Western New York. The Wegmans, the Tops, the consumers' beverages, they are filled to the brim with Ruby Red Kolsch. So if you're here in Western New York, or better yet, if you are abroad, you are... Bruce, by the way, did you know that I sent a pint glass to Europe
0: no, I, uh-huh. I, 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 one of our, one of our super chats, I'm assuming came from Europe and that's the reason why you sent it. So, okay. So, so as a reminder, before we get started, as a reminder, like subscribe rate review. Now, previously we said YouTube super chats that were $5 or more that were someone who was following at Genesee brewery on Twitter and you DM Nate Geary sports proof of the super chat and he would send you a pint class. We changed it to $10. Nate, why did we change it to $10? Why do we up that?
1: Uh, Cam Greasy knows I, uh, I I sent out the pine classes. It turns out U.S. Postal Service is $10. So literally, you are paying for your shipping. So if you would like, we're not making any money out of this. That's how good people you and I are, Bruce. That's how much we love our fan group mm-hmm. is we're just asking you to pay for your shipping costs so that I don't have to pay for it. As much as I'd love you all. I don't want to pay for your shipping costs. Uh,
0: absolutely. JR in the super in the in the chat says Bruce, you must have had one too many Jenny Cream Ales because you messed up your camera. I know. It's <laughs> truly it's truly truly problematic. Listen,
1: I want I want to listen. Uh so I I'm not like the type of guy that likes to I I don't like to play the game of who do you know. But I just want to point out we are deep into conversations.
0: With Alton Brown.
1: We are deep into conversations. I don't want to say Alton Brown is going to make his debut on the food for thought. But I certainly will tell you that Alton Brown has agreed, Bruce, to meet me at my chicken wing spot of choice in two weeks when he is back here in Buffalo. He even said to me, he said, listen, I've gone to Duff's. I've gone to a couple. I've gone to Anchor Bar. But I've never truly had a Buffalonians, you know, wing. and." Uh, I intend to take Alton Brown out to get chicken wings. I This is literally the greatest day of my life. So so I
0: am happy for you, and also I hate you. A little because envious, yes. Alton Brown is my all-time favorite celebrity chef. Good Eats is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh anyone is who is
1: gentleman a, 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 a gentleman and a scholar.
0: And a scholar, mind and a you. Scholar. Yeah. And a And an absolute scholar. Michael Lucas in the chat says, Bruce is going to check off F words in the dictionary to make sure he keeps it fresh. Darn straight, I am. And also, fresh is an F word. So I'm going to use that
1: one next (laughs) week. Yes. Thank you, you, fans, for making our job easier. I love this show. Yes. (laughs) On Friday nights, we just
0: come in and we
1: just just kick in. This is the only show where the fans make it easier for us to do our show.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. But I'll tell you what doesn't make it easy is the absolute murderer's row of food metaphors we have lined up this evening. This was tough. This was a hard one. I really put I us on the notes.
1: spot. I got notes. I got notes. I man. hand wrote notes because it's so difficult. This was a week of confliction.
0: This was a week where a lot of things happened and you were like, yeah, no, or no, yeah. Like you're
1: going and so with that,
0: we're going to start with shows. It was not shows. We're going to start with foods that leave you. Conflicted. conflicted foods that make you go yeah but no or no but yeah yeah because that was the kind of week that we had in the nfl That's
1: right name That's right. what's a food that leaves you conflicted steak steak bruce you want to know why because when i go to a restaurant the first thing i want to know is what are your cuts what kind of cuts of steak do you have sometimes you go to a place and you know what they've got they've got a couple they've got the the small medium large right they've got the hey we've got your filet and hey we've got your ribeye but also we have an a5 a5 strip steak and you get you get to go through the whole spectrum you can go cheap you can go middle ground you can go expensive and this week the free agency the the moves made this week makes me feel like i'm at a steakhouse ordering steak what am i supposed to do do i just order my normal steak and for me if i go to any restaurant and they've got steak and multiple cuts of steak I know this will be unpopular, Bruce. I like to go fillet. And I know a lot of people like ribeye, but and, and many folks will tell you filet is the least tasty of the meats because it doesn't have the as high a fat content as say a ribeye huh? or say a strip steak has. But a a filet done right can be a fantastic cut of meat. And what I'll tell you is when I go to a good steakhouse. There is nothing like the conflict of choosing the cut of steak that I am going to enjoy on set evening. And let me tell you, I always pick the one that I am in the mood for at the time. Like, you know, I'll I'll have my cousin there. I'll have my best friend, Taylor, who's hanging out with me, who's coming to dinner. Maybe it's his girlfriend, my girlfriend. It's a group date. And I order the filet and he orders the ribeye. And listen, I like my cut of meat. I enjoy my cut of meat, just like I enjoy Stefan Diggs. I think Stefan Diggs is one of the best receivers in football, just like I think fillets are some of the best cuts of meat you can find. But, man, your friend gets that ribeye. You're like, ooh, look at that marbling. Look at that fat layer on the outside. Is that a bone in fillet? And you start to wonder, did I pick the right cut of meat? And you know what you say to yourself? You know what? At the end of the day, steak is steak. And I'll eat the filet. I'll eat that ribeye. I'll eat that New York strip. Heck, I'll even eat that skirt steak. But at the end of the day, be happy with what you got. And we've got a filet in Stefan Diggs. Other teams in the division, they've gone A5 ribeyes. They've gone A5 strip steaks. And the question I have for you, Bruce, is your filet enough when your friends down the street have an A5 Wagyu strip steak?
0: I think the filet can be enough if they are cooking their Wagyu incredibly wrong and you have a sous vide circulator to cook your filet I, because I, really I am do. also I a that. filet. And so much in the sense that the filet in this case would be a metaphor for wide receivers, then my cooking method would then be the metaphor for the offensive system. And yes, Ooh. you can put you can absolutely put in Tyreek Hill into an offense, and it'll be better. Because it's still, still a good piece of steak. He's still a really good piece of steak. That's the way that it works. However, however, you know, Tua is like your old broken-down grill that doesn't quite heat consistently all the way through. It just doesn't have the power to do or, what you need it to do. Bruce,
1: it's your it's your classic. It's a grill but it has not been cleaned and it's got a lot of flavors. It's got a lot of different dishes, right? Like maybe you make your barbecue chicken and you got the burnt barbecue sauce stuck to that tray, that, that, that grill sheet, right? And you're not cleaning it and it's got lots and lots of different flavors. So maybe your ribeye that is a traditional beefy flavor all of a sudden takes the flavor of something else, because you know what? There's a lot of extra leftover flavor
0: on that grill sheet. Adam knows me well. When Nate said steak, you just knew Bruce was coming back with a sous vide comment. I am nothing <laughs> if not predictable. Don came and in with consistent. super chat. Yes, I am Don, nothing but in. not consistent. And, I, uh, listen, I've said Don, this before. Go ahead.
1: Don, make, Don, make sure you uh, direct message me at Nate Geary Sports on Twitter. Get me your shipping information, your first name, last name, and uh, and your address, and I'll make sure I get that out, uh, out to you this week.
0: Now, very important, super-duper important, because quite frankly, we're not going to make it. We're absolutely not going to make it without this story. I had one person tell me, and this is one of my most, one of my proudest moments in life was when I had someone give me what I was not sure at the time was a compliment, but now that I've gotten older, I've realized it was a compliment. They said, Bruce, I could set my sundial by you. And I said, You know what? Consistency. 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 You know what you're going to get every time. That's
1: right. That's right. So
0: the food that leaves me conflicted is. Pizza Hut. And I'll tell you why Pizza Hut leaves <laughs> me conflicted. Because God, for some pizza. of us, Pizza Hut is nostalgia. That's right. It is just dripping in nostalgia.
1: Stuff crust, stuffed crust. Stuffed crust the, pizza. It is the only pizzeria in America that you can get stuffed crust pizza at.
0: And that right there is nostalgia. But then you go and you go a couple years and you don't have Pizza Hut. Because I go a couple years in between having pizza Hut, And then my sure. wife and I will at one point say, we should get pizza Hut." It's been like and four years.
1: You know what, Bruce? I, I just, I want to intersect here because I think this is an important part of the decision making process of eating pizzeria. You have done takeout for two straight months, not every day, but every, there's a day every month that you and your spouse do takeout, right? Like maybe that day's Thursday, right? Maybe a Thursday, Thursday's our takeout day. And you'll get the local pizzeria that you really love. Everybody has their local favorite, right? And then you have your second favorite. And that's the pizzeria you'll do every other or every two Thursdays. And then that third Thursday, maybe you've got a taco place that you enjoy. Every two months or so, Bruce, you know what you do? You slum it up. You say, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to enjoy myself a Pizza Hut pizza. Because you know what you get with Pizza Hut, Bruce? Consistency. You could go to Puerto Rico. You could go to, uh, you could go to whatever. I don't know the state. I don't. I don't have a good city in Oregon. Uh, do you have a good city in Oregon? Uh, Washington Portland. State. You could go to Portland, Oregon. You could go to Portland, Maine, and you yes. will get Pizza Hut, and it will be the exact same pizza whether it's in Portland, Oregon, or in Portland, Maine. And my friend, that's the kind of consistency of all of us needed our life.
0: JR coming in here with some conflictual information. He says Little Caesars and Papa John's both have stuff crust. I have never had it, but I believe you because I was at a Little Caesars not too long ago and I think I remember seeing them having stuff crust now that you th- now that I think about it. So, I think it kind of works. But for me, pizza's conflictual because it's so nostalgic and then I'll have it and it'll be terrible. Yeah. And I'll turn to my wife and say, "Okay, so what um what
1: did we do here?"
0: So, We'll see you here in four years, same time, same station. <laughs> and my wife will say, yeah. And then we've gotten to the point now where it's a running joke. Three years from now, we'll go, I feel like we should have pizza. And she'll say, well, it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, bad. You know that, right? And I said, yeah, yeah. yeah. we do it anyway. We do it yeah. anyway because we're so conflicted that occasionally it goes long enough that the nostalgia wins out. And sometimes when you are conflicted by something your particular status in life, your particular emotional stability in that moment will actually make the decision for you. Because sometimes I wouldn't be a sucker for the nostalgia. You know why? Because I just had pizza two weeks ago and it was terrible. So I'm not a a sucker for the nostalgia anymore. But guess what? Three years from now? Yes. When I find that next gray hair, then I'm going to be a sucker for nostalgia again
1: next then, gray hair that means that I'm means you've plucked that means you've plucked one gray hair bruce i didn't say and i last, plucked it i said i found listen, it listen last time i saw you you were full of flush colored freshly natural colored hair bruce i've That's, never seen a gray i've never seen a gray hair on your, on your you weren't hair. looking that hard <laughs> as a as, listen as a 22 year old male like you are under 30 i've listen uh for those that don't know for those that, for th- <laughs> For those that don't know, for those that don't know Bruce in real life like I do, young guy, he's like 22 years old. He's never experienced this. Is He's only had Pizza Hut three times, and his parents have <laughs> bought it for him the first two times. He's a young pet. There's no gray hairs in that head. That young, that young vitriol. Pe- people say stamina when they think of Bruce Nolan.
0: I was born in 2001. They
1: they think stamina when they think Bruce. Noll.
0: That's exactly what they think. Hey, I one time did four stamina. podcasts in a row on a free agency yes. night. That's stamina, stamina. If ever I've heard it, that is stamina. <laughs> All right. Food leaves us conflicted is down. Oh now, here we go. The AFC has loaded up, Mr. Geary just this week. We have seen yet another quarterback transition to yes. the AFC. This time, a different division in the AFC, but Matt Ryan going to the Colts makes them a markedly better team than they were last year with Carson Wentz, in my opinion, because Carson Wentz, although the arm is not quite as shot as it is with Matt Ryan, is also a complete train wreck. He was basically a backup level quarterback the last couple weeks of the year. He was the reason almost single-handedly they missed the playoffs. And he had the best running back in football and one of the best offensive lines. If Matt Ryan comes in and gives the Colts Phillip Rivers level, they're better than they were when Phillip Rivers played because Jonathan Taylor is better when Phillip Rivers played. So So for me, I am all in on the Colts being better than they were last year. I'm not saying great, but better. And another team loads up for a run. If the AFC
1: loading up was a food, Nate, Mm -hmm. what kind of food would it be? If the AFC was loading up and it was a food, it would be pasta sauce. And you want to know why it would be pasta sauce? How broad is pasta sauce to you? It's the most broad term you could get. Absolutely. You You could have canned pasta sauce. You could have homemade pasta sauce. You could have... Really, or my favorite, which is the hybrid pasta sauce, which is everyone has an ant, right? Everyone's got an old ant that they love more than anything, and they'll tell you, that's my favorite ant. And guess what your favorite ant always does? Takes half a can of ragu, some tomato paste, Mm -hmm. some some uh, pre-diced garlic, right? And some tomatoes. And you know what they do? They pass it off as their own sauce. They say, this is is my homemade sauce. And you know what? It reminds me a lot about the AFC moves because you know what the Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City Chiefs took a notable step back. They are, Kansas City is your aunt's favorite knockoff sauce. It's ragu. It's Wegmans brand sauce with some of their fresh garlic and some of their fresh basil and some fresh maybe some maybe some pink himalayan sea salt right maybe maybe some fresh black pepper but you know what it's ragu and you can't fool us aunt char you can't fool us it's ragu sauce with a fake filler it's 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 not even fresh cut garlic you got the minced garlic from the wegman's aisle you cheapskate you know what Just like the AFC, Matt Ryan is cheapskate ragu sauce. And guess what? He's no better than Phillip Rivers. He's old. Not as old as Bruce, but quite old. He's got the same arm as me. Listen, if you guys want to go out next next episode, we'll go out live to a stadium to me, and I'll throw as far as I can, because that's how far Matt Ryan can throw at this point of his career. He is no better. Listen. Wow. We said this two weeks ago, and I have used this quote ever since, Bruce. You never congratulate the arsonist for putting out his own fire. And like the the Indianapolis Colts, they take Carson Wentz, and they got a little pygmy increase at the quarterback position, and it's Matt Ryan. How much better was the Matt Ryan all of us saw in Atlanta last year? He looked shot. The arm looked shot the processing looked shot and you know what he doesn't have Kyle Pitts he does not have he does not have Cordell Patterson he's got He hurt. has better weapons now than he did before I like Michael Pittman who
0: else do the Colts have Jonathan Taylor Nahim Hines running backs A really good offensive line
1: last time I checked Bruce running backs don't matter they don't matter in Indianapolis and Matt Ryan's old and they're going to come in second place. And you know what second place in the AFC South means, Bruce, you don't make the playoffs, no playoffs for you. So for me, Bruce, it's like the ragu pasta sauce that your aunt soups up and pretends it's homemade. She tells you it's homemade. She lies directly to your face. And it's the favorite aunt. You'll love her to death. And you've spent 14 15 years calling this Aunt Char's sauce and it was bullshit all along it was fake it was ragu it was canned and all she did was put some diced garlic some fresh basil and a splash of olive oil and she said it was homemade just like the afc everyone and the afc Bruce wants to be the Bills. They want to be the Kansas City Chiefs. They want to be who else in the AFC? They want to be the Denver Broncos now because they got Russell Wilson. But you know what? Only one's got the homemade sauce. Only one team has built it from the draft and in free agency and isn't trying to recycle some name like Matt Ryan that was great five years ago, but it's got a limp arm like Nate Geary right now. Me and Matt Ryan got the same arm and I will prove it.
0: You'll prove it. How, how are you going to do that?
1: I don't know, but everyone's got the aunt that everybody knows what I'm talking about. Everyone's got the aunt that they love. They'll tell they'll tell their mom, "Hey, I hope Aunt Blank comes to the Christmas party. She's my favorite aunt. We used to hang out when we were younger. She used to be off work. She used to bring me out to the Jubilee. She used to bring me out to the Wegmans. She used to buy me cool things." But she's a faker, Bruce. She's a fraud. She uses the ragu sauce, and she just puts a little bit of the garlic in there, and she pretends like she's the real deal, but she ain't the real deal, just like the Indianapolis Colts, just like, by the way, Bruce, and we're going to have Matt Verderam, our guest here, coming up in about eh, 15, 20 minutes or so. I am sold, Bruce. I'm sold on this idea The Kansas City Chiefs, Really, the Kansas City Chiefs, as we know it, are no more. And this is all due to the loss of Tyreek Hill. I listen. I know he's a wide receiver, and I know they still have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. They're not the
0: same. Well, and Of course, they're Ty- not the same. But you said Tyreek no Hill.
1: More. Tyreek Hill will never be the same. I like Mc, Mike McDaniel's a lot. There's no shot. There is no shot that they will be able to utilize him in the same way as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, who are an anomaly, will be able to use him. He's going to go to a team that has no idea how their quarterback will utilize the talent around him. And that's a fact. But in terms of Kansas City, Bruce, what are you scared of? Why? Let me ask you this, Bruce. Two high safeties, right? Two high safeties. Is what forced Kansas City into throwing everything underneath. And I will say this: that that move I thought allowed them to make the second half run towards the AFC Championship game that they did. They decided they were going to check everything down. If you're going to run too high, we're going to dump everything down. What are you running too high against Patrick Mahomes for now? Who's beating you deep? Are you scared of McCole Hardman? Uh, I'm not. Marquez I'm Valdez not.
0: Scantling is pretty fast. Okay. He was a good deep threat for Aaron Rodgers. Uh good. Is that the word you would use? Yeah, a good. De- a good deep threat. Good at that job.
1: Yeah, sure. Good at that role. He he is Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling is the Isaiah McKenzie of the Bills. Except Isaiah makes one million, hold and Marquez makes ten million. Hold, hold, hold. What hold, is hold, hold. Marquez Valdez Scantling? Would he be anything more than the fourth Bills fourth receiver?
0: He would immediately step in as the Bills third receiver. Yes.
1: Okay, third receiver making thirty million dollars, ten million a year. Listen, Bruce i I know that sometimes I could come off as a hater. I think the Kansas City Chiefs made a gross miscalculation. A okay, gross well here we go. Miscalculation. The last time you came out with a take this hot,
0: I decided to make a bet with you, and I won. And that was Matt Breida. And Devin Singletary and Zach yeah, sure. Moss, and you still owe me lobster for that.
1: I do, and I intend on coming so through.
0: Are you ready for another bet?
1: Yes, yes, I am. Are you yes, willing to
0: put? Yes. Are you willing to pe- put your money where your mouth is? Are the Kansas City Chiefs going to make the playoffs this year in the AFC West? Oh God! So I assume you say
1: yes, right? Hmm.
0: I do. But if you think they are no more, if you think they are no more. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. I'll okay. do it. Nate's going all in, says the Kansas City Chiefs I'll are not it. making the playoffs.
1: I'll do it. Wait, wait, wait. Cam. Cam, Cam, Cam. This is a great question. And, and this yes, is this not is a answer. question. This is not a question that I think you can say you can ask in a bubble. What I think you should ask is. Mar, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling at 10 million a year or Jamison Crowder at 1.25? Who got the better deal? Who got the who's gonna get the most bang oh, for their buck? Oh,
0: Crowder, Crowder at less than two, absolutely is a better it was Crowder, more efficient value. Yeah,
1: Crowder ends up with more catches and more touchdowns than Marquez Valdez Scantling does at the end of the year.
0: Okay, all right, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, uh, we're gonna make two separate bets now. Or yeah, yeah, it's two separate this It's two Okay. Yes, okay, hold are. on. So I this is not part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is happening live right here. Cause listen, <laughs> I know that Nate is the fresh hot takes part of this show, and yes, I'm the am. cold hard facts part of this show. Yep. We all yep. know this. It's the yin and the yang, right? Yep. The, That's why, the, why we're so team. It's the id and the ego of Bill's mafia. So the two takes that Nate has are number one, the Chiefs are not gonna make the playoffs. Okay. And number two, Crowder will end with more yards and more touchdowns. No, no, no. I said catches and touchdowns. More catches and touchdowns. Okay. More catches and touchdowns. And And touchdowns than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Okay. So let's add a qualifier first off. Okay. Crowder and Marquez Valdez-Scantling have to play a similar amount of games. Okay. For the sword. So if if, so if, so if one, one of them blows out of me, with, it doesn't count.
1: Right. It doesn't count. I agree with that. I agree with that. Now,
0: if it is a healthy scratch,
1: it counts. Yes, I agree with that.
0: Because if, if Marcus valdez scantling or Jameson Crowder is a healthy scratch, then that, that, that sorry, that counts because they're not hurt. They're just not effective. So what are we going to bet on this? Number one, there's two separate bets here. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're, we're, we're going to leave it up to them. We're going to leave it up to the, gr- the group. The comment section Tweet at us when this is all over. Just think about it. Don't do it right now because we got to move on. But when this is all over, tweet at Nate Geary Sports, at Bruce Exclusive on Twitter, and tell us what we should be betting for each of these two bets. The first one, Nate says, the Chiefs won't make the playoffs this year. I say they will. And the second one is he says, Jameson Crowder will have more catches and more touchdowns than Marquez Valdez-Scantling in 2022 during the regular season. And I will take that bet. I will take both of these Nate Geary bets. So, given the fact that we have to decide on this stuff, we're going to do it, but we got to move on. Nate? Food simile time. Food simile time. The Tyreek Hill trade to Miami makes me feel like, and I'm going to go first. You're first. The Tyreek Hill trade to Miami, as far as food similes, makes me feel like my wife's famous and favorite mom-and-pop store, just decided to open up shop next to a Walmart. So Ooh. this mom and pop grocery store that we love so much just decided to open up shop next to a Walmart. Why does that matter? Because on one hand, I'm glad that there's competition for Walmart. I'm glad. You know what? Because I don't really like Walmart all that much, all things considered, right? And I really like the competition. I think that's good. I think it's good to have the competition with Walmart. On the other hand, my wife's going to want to go to the mom and pop shop now. That's what she's going to want to do. And that's going to end up costing me money. And I don't like it. So it's going to be a hassle. It's going to kind of be an annoyance for me to get my groceries more so than it was. So is it, did I win the battle and lose the war? Did I win the war and lose the battle? How does that work? How How does this work at all? Because I'm happy on one hand. I'm happy that we can get our groceries from a mom and pop store that I really like. Maybe the service is better, right? She really likes the produce because produce is a huge part of not wanting to go to some big box stores because the produce is garbage sometimes. But at the same time, I'm sitting here going, at what cost exactly? I, I, I'm happy that Walmart's taking a hit. The Evil Empire's taking a hit. I'm glad with that. Cool, awesome. You get to take an absolute shot. And I'm glad with that. But at what cost? At what cost? And before we get to Nate's food simile, Castellan in the comments section has said, I think Nate sipped the eggnog. And yeah, Nate you're still wrong. Still has the eggnog, or as he called it, the milk punch that has coagulated on his desk. How long are we going to let that sit, Nate? Do you open it when the Bills win the Super Bowl? I'll
1: tell you what. I'll take a sip when the Bills win the Super Bowl, but here's what I want to say. is you I know, I don't, I don't think we should glaze over that. Do you, <laughs> Nate, do you really? Listen. Do you guys know how like the bottom of every like pop or you non-Buffalonian soda has the distinct bottom, right? That that is supposed to when you when you put it down, it balances, right? Right. It has. I'm not sure if you can see. Bulges. It is no. It is bulged. So when I put it down, it actually fall. It tips to his right. It rocks I, over it,
0: like like an you, unstable table.
1: That is flat. <laughs> I can't. When I put it, when I drop it, it, it it just is like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, I'm going to tip this way. Because the gaseousness of the bottom. Look at that.
0: That's a that's a whole thing, man. That's an absolute whole thing. All right. Did you stall enough, Nate? Do you yeah, have a one. food simile for the Tyreek tray to Miami?
1: I do. Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins is a lot like my girlfriend ordering chicken wings, but getting ranch dressing. And listen, I am of the mind that ranch dressing is not the worst thing in the world for chicken wings. There's worse things you can put on chicken wings, by the way. Okay. But the thing about blue cheese in its natural state, which is, by the way, mayonnaise. I am not a mayonnaise fan. But I do like blue cheese, which makes me somewhat of a hypocrite, right, Bruce? I'm a hypocrite. A little bit. I'm fine with that. I'm fine being coined that. But there's nothing worse than being out at a restaurant and the waitress coming over and saying, what would you guys like today for dinner? Well, my girlfriend says, I'll take the chicken wings, 10, single order. Can I get ranch dressing on the side? And the first thing you feel is the partner of someone ordering those chicken wings is That's fine. You order chicken wings. I'm proud. I'm I'm happy that you ordered the chicken wings. Much like you're you're happy the Miami Dolphins are adding pieces. But you know what? Blue cheese is a lot like Tua Tunga Viola. And the reason it's a lot like Tua is that each of us, all of us agree that blue cheese is important, right? For us, anyways, for me. But what if you like chicken wings, but you don't believe the blue cheese is important? Much like the quarterback, the blue cheese plays an integral part to the success of your offense. You could have great pieces around you. You can have great sauce. You can have a great cook on that chicken wing. You can have a great crispy outside. In fact, Bruce, you can have the perfect sized meat to skin to cook ratio. And everything can be ruined by a poor blue cheese Just like a great wide receiver, a great group of wide receivers, a great tight end. Heck, you might even invest in a great left tackle. You might invest in a great sauce to hang out on the left side of your offensive line. But if the blue cheese is bad, it could ruin everything. And I will tell you, as much as I like Tyreek Hill, as much as I believe he is the most unique weapon Of the 21st century. In fact, I believe Tyreek Hill is the most unique and dynamic weapon in NFL history. And even with that, just like I believe chicken wings are the great, great equal fire of everything that we eat, I love chicken, but you know what I like more than chicken breast, chicken thighs? I like chicken wings. I love chicken wings. And a great, extra crispy, cooked chicken wing can all be undone. With a crappy blue cheese, just like everything in Miami can be undone with crappy quarterback play, I suspect Tua is far more like ranch than he is blue cheese.
0: I literally can't keep up with your takes today, Nate. I can't keep up with them. I think you're overwhelming me
1: with I the takes. Agree. I
0: would agree because Chiefs aren't going to make the playoffs. Jameson Crowder is going to catch more catches and touchdowns than Marquez Valdez. Also,
1: Richard.
0: Also, before we name. get to before we get to Richard, before we get to Richard, you just said that Tyreek Hill is the most unique weapon in the history of football. Easily, easily, easily. Well, like, really? Yeah, the most unique weapon in the history of football. Yep. More than like Michael Vick. Yes. Who had? There's basically nothing like him at the time.
1: Right. Name me another name me another person in the NFL that can force defenses to defend you a different way that isn't a quarterback. Uh
0: literally every dominant running back. Grow up. Derrick Henry Grow does not first. Derrick Derrick Henry does not force people to have their defenses differently. And he's a running back.
1: Derrick Henry is two pieces short of a uh or he he's a biscuit short of a uh what was, the, what was the thing about uh, Popeye's? He's a, bis- a, Pope a uh biscuit biscuit of a cop. In. Yep. And what does that well, have to do me, with? Tell, <laughs> tell me you, you don't agree that Tyreek Hill, in terms of speed, creativeness with the ball in his hand, but just generally when you defend a team, yes, you're right. Derrick Henry is a unique animal. Tell me, someone with the top end speed and the pivot ability of Tyree Hill. I I cannot right now, think of nobody. Player. I, nobody. Go back, go back twenty five years, Bruce. Who has the twi- the quick twitch ability that Tyreek Hill does? I don't have one.
2: Yeah,
1: Bo Jackson, like yeah. he is. I would say he's the modern day Bo Jackson in very different ways. He's not the power, the unique blend of power. Speed and finesse. He's not the power aspect of that, right? But he is the very unique blend of quickness we've never seen, yards after catchability. I, the reason that I bet you, Bruce, that the Kansas City Chiefs wouldn't make the playoffs is because I think a large part of what makes Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes is the ability to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know who moved like Tyreek Hill? Matt Vertoram's going to disagree. He's going to disagree, but I'm going to stand by what I said.
0: You know who moved like Tyreek Hill, and if he played with Andy Reid may have become a bigger deal? Former Chiefs uh, wide receiver Dante Hall. Dante Hall. The human joystick. The X factor. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it, it's not all that different. As far as stylistically, the way that they move, and if you know if Tyreek didn't play with Andy Reid, would he have been utilized the way he was? I don't know. It's a great point. I think that Andy Reid's ability to be able to do things with Tyreek Hill that may—I mean, he was a—he was a fifth-round pick. Yeah, yeah, he ran a fourth. Not, not because of his talent. Let's no, that's true. But he ran a four three, right? Which is incredibly fast. But Dante Hall ran a four-four. It wasn't like it was, it wasn't like it was markedly four ah, four. Don't, I
1: don't think you can look at Tyree Kill and say, Hey, metrics, let's compare this metric to somebody else, right? Because of his quick twitch ability. When he gets the ball, there's something magical about what he's able to do after catching the football that I just have not seen from another skilled position player. In my time watching the NFL, which, you know, admittedly has been 20-ish years.
0: Whew, the takes, man. The takes are coming hot. They're coming heavy. yeah, Fast and furious. Let's
1: go with this take, though. This is an important you know, take. Hold okay, on. Right, Before well, hold you move on. on. I, know, I know.
0: I'm sorry. There we go. Before you move
1: on. I think this Richard is a Richard Rush scary... says
0: he makes his blue cheese dressing with Greek yogurt instead of mayonnaise.
1: So my girlfriend, because she knows I do not like a mayonnaise – brings greek dressing and sour cream in lieu of mayonnaise and i'm not sure that that's wrong or right but because i do not like mayonnaise and i like sour cream and i like greek yogurt i think that's a fine take by richard
0: jessica says uh aren't you forgetting about barry sanders nate Barry Sanders had a harder job than Tyreek Hill. He wasn't getting the ball in space; he was getting, and then immediately having to dodge people in the backfield.
1: Listen, here's the thing: our guest Matt Verduran, who's about to join us. I have said this, and I know we we were on Matt Matt Perino's Spaces today, and I tried not to over. I, I I try to realistically talk about Tyreek Hill, and maybe I'm talking outside the boundaries of who Tyreek Hill is because of the impact he probably makes leaving the Kansas city chiefs. But I think it's understated. The type of player Tyree kill is in today's NFL. He is a game changer and, and a game changer in a way that there is no one like him in today's NFL. You bring up Barry Sanders and I think he's a very unique athlete to his era. I, if you ask me right now to take, who's the more dynamic athlete, Barry Sanders or Tyree Kill? I'm going to take Tyree Kill. I believe he's that type of player there. I would say there's probably no better comparison though. Jess, in my opinion, Barry Sanders and Tyree Kill, they win in very similar ways, which is by just doing things that most normal human beings can't do. But I'm very interested. You know what? like, like and Introduce our guest, Bruce, because I, I'm, I, will. I I we need to talk about this with him. There are scheme questions I have. There is general, how does this work in Miami? But how do you try to replace this in Kansas City? And Matt Verans is the only guy I know that's going to be able to answer.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we bring you on the Genesee Brewing Company hotline from fan-sided, Matt Verder Matt, how you doing, dude?
2: Doing great, guys. How are you?
0: It's a party all the time. Disco balls, dancers, the whole thing. Will you please help me settle an argument here? Matt, are the Chiefs gonna make the playoffs?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, if yeah, Mahomes is upright. They'll make the playoffs. Why? Is is, is Gary over here arguing? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I just made a bet with Nate Geary. Yeah. Because he yeah. went off the deep end and decided that the Chiefs weren't going to make the playoffs in a loaded AFC West without Tyreek Hill. And I'm trying to decide how listen. badly I'm going to rake him over the coals with
2: this
1: bet. Matt's my wow. friend, and I wish that you hadn't told him the besmirching I've
2: been doing over the last 40 minutes. I Listen, There's there's two things that are undoubtedly true based off of that trade. The Chiefs in 2022... Barring the unforeseen, barring them going out and making a huge acquisition, be a trade, or them just having the draft of all drafts. They're going to be worse this year. I don't see any plausible scenario. Like I've seen people already start floating out like this, like, well, Juju Smith Schuster and and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Look, that that's fine. Like, I think Smith Schuster is now that he's not playing with the, the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph, like he will be better. Okay. And MBS will be fine. Like He'll be good for like 600 yards. But that's you're not replacing Tyreek Hill. There is no way they're replacing the most electric wide receiver in the NFL. That's not happening. And the the other part of this is, which I'm going to get to here in a second, but their defense needs a lot of work. I wouldn't say their defense sucks, but I would say it's probably like 20th in the league, somewhere in there. Like it's just below average. It's not – it's not a defense that scares you. They're pretty good down the middle. I mean, Chris Jones, they have two good young linebackers in Bolton and Gay, and then their safety tandem's good. Their corners are okay. You know, Sneed and Fenton are good, but they don't have a third corner right now. They don't have an edge rush. So they have needs. And I think that's a huge reason why they traded Tyreek Hill is because they're going to try to fill a ton of these needs with young, cheap players in the draft, and then they're going to make a free agent splash or two next year. That said. The other truth with them is I would be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. It's just with it's kind of like in Buffalo with Allen. Like even if Diggs blew his knee out, God forbid, they would still make the playoffs. He's just too talented. Like he would win them 10 or 11 games. It's kind of how I feel about the Chiefs. They have the AFC South this year. They should still beat all those teams. You know, they play the NFC West. They'll beat Seattle. They should beat Arizona, I think. Um, you know, and then even if they split in the division, which I think they could do a little better, but even if they split. You know, they want a game here. I mean, I think they're going to get themselves to around 11 points. They're just too talented. But I don't think they can win the Super Bowl with this roster. I don't. I, that I don't see. I think they can make the playoffs. I think they can even win a game or two in the playoffs depending on the matchup. But I don't think they could go any further than that. You know, Matt,
1: I, I like – Travis Kelsey is probably the de facto – most successful tight end of this era outside of Rob Gronkowski. And if Rob Gronkowski doesn't have Tom Brady, this is a different conversation. But sure, I think about where this team is right now and prioritizing what they're prioritizing. It's hard for me to try to find a route to say, this is a smart move. This is a calculated move because you're going to create X amount of space by not re-signing a, a player that's making, by the way, thirty million dollars a year. By the way, I just, just by saying this, I think my, the Miami Dolphins are absolutely insane for paying a player when you're not truly that player away from winning a Super Bowl. You right. play a guy thirty million dollars a year because you're a thirty million dollar a year player away from making a Super Bowl, and Edwards. I don't think anybody on this in this particular podcast is going to agree that the Miami Dolphins were Tyreek Hill away from winning a Super Bowl. So if you are a Chiefs fan, what are you laying your head on tonight? Like, are you saying, because I know you and I agree. It's not MVS. It's probably not Travis Kelsey at this point in his career. And I'm not asking you to pick between Travis Kelsey at 34 or whatever he is and, and Tyree kill right now. But I've got to imagine Matt, that if there was a true desire and it's very clear that money spoke in this instance, just like it did for Deshaun Watson, just like it does for these top players. Do not get it twisted. It's not about the best team. It's not about going back to where you're from or where you have a house. Smart. It is about guaranteed money. And let's just be real about that. And so, if, if guaranteed money is aside, convince me that this is the best move for the Kansas city chiefs long-term short of saying I can get five players that right. might equal Tyree kill. And at best you're convincing me because I truly believe Matt that Tyree kill is the most unique weapon of this era of football that we're currently playing in. And there are plenty of insane athletes. There are plenty of insane guys with the ball in their hand that you could say, Patrick Mahomes, you give him that guy, he'll make him into whatever. Tyreek Hill, in this era of football, the last decade of football, there's nobody like him, and I am having a hard time figuring out why you can't figure out, hey, I'll move away from this or I'll move away from that. But Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, Matt, should have been a core foundational piece for the Kansas City Chiefs. I would rather move on from an Orlando Brown I would rather have traded Joe Tooney for the opportunity to, to keep Tyreek Hill. Explain to me why that is isn't the same mindset that the Kansas City Chiefs felt.
2: So some of this I know, some of this is opinion, but um, I, I'd put it this way. I don't know if this will convince you, but I think this is the reality of it. They were not going to pay Tyreek Hill quarterback money. They just were not going to do it. They looked at that and said, he's 28 and he's great. Like they would not get, even behind the scenes, I mean, they, they know he's great. There's no arguing that. They're not denigrating him. I think it's more of, look, he's 28. By the time that contract expires, even if he's just take three years, because the last year of it's BS, he's just take three years, he's 31 years old. There's a concern of, like, if, what if he loses half a step? Then what? Then he's not the game-changing player that he is, because he's not, like, like, I'm trying to make an example. Like, okay, so for years and years and years, like, Larry Fitzgerald was just great, like deep into his 30s because of, of the way he played, right? He's a bigger guy, he's a technician. Hill is a much better route runner than people give him credit for, but that route running is set up by the speed because teams are just terrified of it. They just back up. I think the Chiefs had a fear of paying a guaranteed third year, which is kind of their, mm-hmm. their way. I think that's why Tyron Matt is a free agent, by the way, because I don't think they want to pay him into his early 30s on a third-year guarantee. I just don't think they want to do it. And I will say I, I do I heartily disagree with people who say, well, they got five picks. That's great. Okay, look, that's great in the sense the the Packers got two picks for Devontae Adams. So yes, the Chiefs got a much better value for Tyree Kill than mm-hmm. the Packers got for Adams. However, three of those picks are day three picks. They're lottery tickets. That's what they lottery so tickets. Maybe, maybe you hit one of them. Okay. I mean, the Chiefs have done very well on day three. Trey Smith, the right guard. Was a day three pick last year. It was awesome. Um, you know they they've had a litany of guys, and and I expect frankly they're probably going to package those picks to move up. They have twelve picks. They're not taking twelve players. They're
1: there's, probably no day day right. yeah, there's no need so
2: for it, right? they'll they'll take those four and they'll they'll move up in the second round. Like that's what they'll do. Um. So in that regard, okay, maybe you say, all right, really they got five picks, but what they'll do is they'll turn that into like a first and two seconds, like or, or maybe you know or, or improve a couple of seconds they already have. But when you know, but you see the analytics community fall in love with all this stuff because it's like, well, the projected war. Well, what the hell does that mean? I mean, that doesn't mean Jack. If the guy you draft sucks, yeah, you can't tell me what some guy's projected war is. It's at Purdue right now. What the hell do you know what his projected war is? What if he stinks? I that doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot unless he's good. So the Chiefs are banking on the idea that they're going to hit on a couple of these picks, and then with the seventy-five million that they're not guaranteeing Tyreek Hill. They can go out and sign three or four guys who really impact the team. I think the thought process, quite honestly, is you're never going to find another Tyree Kill. But Mahomes is is one of those upper echelon quarterbacks, like a Rodgers, like an Allen, guys who are going to make other players around them better because of their talent. Right. Like if you took Gabriel Davis, who I like a lot, and you put him on Houston, what is Gabriel Davis, right? Like he's nobody.
1: Right. But
2: with the Bills, he's he's a useful player. I think that's how the Chiefs see McCall Hardman. Like, if McCall Hardman's on Detroit, nobody cares. On the Chiefs, with an increased role, could he go for 900 yards? He probably could. Like, now, you know, he's propped up a little bit by Mahomes, but that's the benefit of having Mahomes. I think they know they need to fix this defense. Like, last year, they got torched by Buffalo. They couldn't stop. Him. The only reason they won the game is Mahomes had literally the best game of his career. And it just went back and forth, and the Chiefs won a coin toss at the end. I mean, that, that's essentially why they won. But then in the AFC title game, the offense, even with Tyreek Hill, they couldn't get going. And I think part of that was offensively in the past handful of years, they have gotten stagnant in the sense of they are so reliant on Hill and Kelsey that anything else that has to happen becomes a nightmare. They can't, they can't function because everything is funneled to those two guys. I still think this team's going to score a lot of points. They have a very good offensive line. Andy Reid's a very good offensive coach. They've got Kelsey, Schmidt Schuster, Hardman, MDS, all these guys. Like they'll They're going to score. They have to fix their defense. So I think the selling point, the long, long version here is if they fix the defense and that becomes a top 10 defense in the next couple of years, I think, I think that works better than, well, we have Hill at 31, but we're still giving up 25 points a game and every game has to be a shootout, especially considering the quarterbacks in their division. So I think that's the plan, but you got to execute that. Like that's fine and well that that's your plan. But you knew what Tyreek Hill is. You don't know what these picks and, and the, this cap space is going to turn into. Now, they've they've done well with this front office, but you've got to execute that, and that's the risk they're taking.
0: So you brought up one of the things that factors into this decision, which is we got to fix this defense. You yep. brought up another thing that factors into this decision, which was we guarantee a third year he's going to be 31. What kind of player is he going to be at that level if he loses a half a step? Let me add these two, and I want you to try and give me percentages on these two factors. The first one is we have Andy Reid, offensive mastermind. He made a fifth round pick into the superstar. He can do it again with somebody else. He can at least cover it up. He can make up for some of the flaws. He can redesign the offense, you know, rumors going around that maybe it's going to feature more running backs in the passing game. CEH season perhaps is upon us. Things I, like I, that. I calm
2: down with CEH. So That's-
1: thank you, Matt. Listen, Bruce owns CEH in our dynasty league. So he's trying to push a narrative. So, he, so tell he's him a, he's a guy. He's fine. Please tell him to grow up, Matt, and I'll appreciate it.
0: <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm sorry, Bruce, go ahead. So <laughs> thanks for that, Nate. Um, but moving along, the first thing is, okay, he's Andy Reid. He can fix it, right? He can turn just a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire into something meaningful as part of the offense if he designs things. The second thing is we have Patrick Mahomes. And we have Patrick Mahomes, and if we have Patrick Mahomes, then you know the rest of it's going to fall into place. So you already named two really significant factors, right? And those are obviously part. If we're making up the reasons why the decision was made and it totals to be 100%, what percentage of it is we have Andy Reid and what percentage of it is we have Patrick Mahomes?
2: So I think I think the number one reason is they just were not going to commit $30 million a year to a receiver going into his 30s. Like, I, I I would say maybe that's 40% of it. Like they just were not going to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And I would also tie into that 40%. They just believe in themselves in a scouting sense, in a coaching sense. Like they believe we will go – maybe not find Tyreek Hill because I don't think they're naive enough to think that. But they believe we will go out and find good players and we'll coach them up and we'll figure it out and we'll win football games. Um. And then I I think, you know, look, as far as those other two things go with Reed, that's probably a good 20% of it. Like, Andy Reed is probably the best offensive schemer in the league. Now, he has other deficiencies at times with the way he coaches that team. That that AFC title game, I got to tell you, Kansas City, they'll they'll never forgive him for that game. I mean, the Bengals are dropping eight guys just basically with a white flag up that she should just throw. Everybody wants to kill Mahomes for that game. And I'm not apologizing for Mahomes. Andy Reed cost them that game like 180% cost him that football game. If you go watch the film of that game, like it's hilarious the amount of guys in the box on a given play. But anyway, I digress. So I would say that. But the other part of it, maybe 30% of it, no question. They look at Mahomes, and I don't think it's in the way of like, well, we just have him. We'll just put it on him. I don't think it's that. I think it's more of we know what we have in him. He's fantastic. He is going – like. So the year they won the Super Bowl, Tyreek Hill got hurt in Week One, and he he missed like half the season. Week Two, they go to Oakland, and Demarcus Robinson, who is look, he's an NFL receiver, but nothing more, right? Like he's just he's kind of he's a guy. He he is what he is. Demarcus Robinson, the first half of the game had 200 yards and three touchdowns. Like, Mahomes was just bound and determined to turn him into Tyree Kill in that game. Now, do I think that Demarcus Robinson could ever do that consistently? No, which is why he never did it again consistently. But they they were able to do that. If you go back and look that year, like, they would just turn a certain guy that game to somebody who had 120 yards and two touchdowns. Like, they did it with Byron Pringle, and they did it with Demarcus Robinson. And then, now, Sammy Walk is more talented than those two guys, but they would do it with him for a game. We'd have 180 yards and two touchdowns. I think they believe in that. Like, Albert Wilson, the first game Mahomes ever played was some throwaway game in Week 17 of his rookie year against Denver. He got Albert Wilson a $24 million contract. Like, you go back and look at that game. Albert Wilson had 100 yards, and Miami gave him $24 million. Yeah, like, Albert one Wilson game. was the epitome of just, like, a guy. And yeah. Mahomes turned him into, in, into Jerry Rice in that game. So, I think all those things converge, but I really believe more than anything, they just looked at this and said, we can better allocate this money by spreading it around. I mean, look, I know you guys, at least I know Nate is, as I'm assuming Bruce being a Buffalo, go to hockey fans, right? Like, so I grew up a New Jersey Devils fan. And right, for years and years and years and years and years, when they were winning cups and going to finals when I was a kid, they would lose players all the time, they would lose really good players like Scott Gomez and Bobby whole and Alexander Mogilny and Scott Niedemeyer. And they just kept winning. And the biggest reason they kept winning was had a system they believed in they were able to fill it. but also the guy in net. Yeah. yeah. Rodor was just it, at the end of the day, you had to beat him in a seven game series. And obviously you could do it sometimes, but more often than not, like your goaltender was not nearly as good as him. And he was going to find a way to beat you in LA. He was going to shut you down unfairly in two games. So if the Devils did anything near two games, they're going to win. I think it's similar to what, would, what goes on with Mahomes. Like the, the Chiefs are going to win nine, ten games in the regular season simply because they play an inferior opponent and Mahomes just kills whoever they're playing. Yeah. He's going to throw for 400 yards against Jacksonville and they're going to score 38 points. And that's going to be the game that MVS has three touchdowns, right? They're just going to kill them because you can just overwhelm them. They are not going to be better this year. I would be shocked. If they are, it's a master class by Reed Mahomes. Or Beach if they draft incredibly well. Yeah. To me, this year, Buffalo. If, if Buffalo doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, not I don't mean to put pressure on you guys. It is a failure. That team is far and away the best team in my opinion. The Bills are just better than everybody else in the AFC. They should go to the Super Bowl. Like th- to me, they've knocked on the door the last two years. Last year was a brutal loss. They were every bit as good as Kansas City. Okay, the year prior, maybe not. Like, this past year, they were. Last year, yeah. They were every bit as good. This year, to me. Like, if Buffalo got in a playoff game against Kansas City and lost to the Chiefs, at that point, that's a failure. Like, yeah, I agree. The Chiefs maybe should give them a game. I mean, they have Mahal, they got a bunch of But they should not beat them. They should not beat them. But, but Buffalo is the best team. I think Kansas City's going to fight in the West. And we'll see. Maybe they win it. I mean, maybe they don't. You know, there's a lot of moving parts in the West. But I, I couldn't say that the Chiefs are on a par with Buffalo. They're not. They're not at this point. They're not as good.
1: So tell me this. I mean, as someone who has followed the Chiefs for a long time, Matt, I... I felt, listen, I I mean, after this offseason, after the first, whatever, 14, 13 days of this offseason, to say that something surprised me, I think would be naive. The Tyreek Hill trade threw me off guard. It happened in four hours. There was no prior talk about it. There wasn't, hey, the Chiefs might consider this. Uh, Tyree kill and his agent have talked about it, but there's a stalemate. And if they can't come to a deal that they've given, like none of this had happened prior to what day was it? Monday, Tuesday? Tuesday, 48 hours ago. Like Jesus, I, as a chiefs fan, was there any way to prepare yourself about what happened this week? And if there was, tell me what I was missing because I just, I, as a guy that feels like I'm clued in, had no inkling that the Kansas City Chiefs were ready to move on, much less <laughs>
2: the report coming out and then him being moved mere hours later. They weren't, I mean, they weren't prepared to move. On. I could tell I was in Indianapolis for the scouting combine and I reported then unassailably knowing they were fairly close to extending him. I mean, that was like that was in the works. That was considered essentially the talk, a done
1: talk deal. was that they were about to extend him. Like that oh, was, was... The, the story, Was they were. Ex- you know this because I think you retweeted the tweet and then I had like, you know, 60 chiefs fans telling me, well, here's how, here's, <laughs> here's how the Kansas city chiefs are making the camp space. They're going to restructure Mahomes. They're going to extend Tyree kill right. and extend Tyree kill was like the second thing. Everybody agreed. That's yeah. how they were creating the yeah. space.
2: I mean, I reported per source that again, unassailably knew like they were going to extend him. And then, after Indianapolis, it was, yeah, look, talks are talks are still going. There's no real rush. It'll be fine. They'll extend them. And, you know, this is a, a source that, I, I mean, I, I've had for years. It has never been wrong, ever. And so this all of a sudden became something that, I'll tell you right now what happened. Devontae Adams happened. That's what happened. And when he got that contract from the Raiders, Rosenhaus was like, well, I, I need Devontae Adams' money. And the Chiefs were like, that's fantastic. You should, you should call up some other teams and see if you can get it. I mean, that's what happened. The Chiefs basically were like, "There's no way in hell we're giving him that." So you have permission to get a trade. We're Which is, which I will say for the Chiefs, whether that turns out to be sheer ignorance and stupidity or a genius stroke, I don't know yet. But like a lot of times, you know, teams like you heard after the Devontae Adams, and you heard the Packers like leak out, like, "Well, you know, we were going to offer him that, but he just went." you heard none of that out of Kansas City? The Chiefs are like, "That's nice. There is no way we're paying you that amount of money. You really ought to go seek a trade." And we'll just take the best offer. Like, that was, I'll tell you, I, I mean, separating myself from the job and just as a fan of the team, I've been a fan of them since I was five years old, 28 years. Um, That was the most shocking thing that I can remember with them outside of a, a tragedy, which was Derek Thomas, you know, getting into an action. But, I mean, yeah. in terms of transaction, yeah, it was the most shocking um, decision. Because, especially because of my profession, I knew how that thing was going. Like it, right. was fine. it was, there was trending no trending in the direction that everybody thought it was. There was towards. no inkling that yeah. that thing was going anyway, but yeah, he'll get extended. I mean, I, there was no doubt. There was no doubt. It's um, a testament
1: though. What I'll say, Matt is it's the same thing I'll say about the bills is the Von Miller, the Von Miller signing before it was signed. Who, who connected the bills to Von Miller? Right. Not one insider. It wasn't Rappaport. It wasn't Schefter. It wasn't anybody. None of the big people. And it's the same thing I'll say about Kansas City as I'll say about, I'll say about Buffalo. Is there organizations that do not feel they need to leak information to 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 forward their narratives, to forward their agenda? They don't care because they win. They don't care because they're winners.
2: They That's win. Right. I mean, the bottom line is in Kansas City. They don't care. They go to the ace title game every year. What do they care? I mean – Look, you got to keep in mind, and obviously Buffalo, I mean, hell, I, I get it. I, I grew up – well, I grew up six hours from Buffalo, but I went to school three hours away. Know a ton of Bills fans. And, you know, obviously the Bills have gone through heartbreak throughout the years. The Chiefs – I mean, that was the Chiefs until four years ago when, when right. Mahomes showed up, and all of a sudden they're, they're in the ace of title game every year and they win the Super Bowl. But I will say, you know, from a, from a fandom perspective, it was a tough one because you really – you know, it's weird. Like, that – Football version, and the same thing will be true with the Bills if and when they win a Super Bowl. Down, like that's your version of Camelot as a fan. Yeah. Like, you finally have that, and, and even though you know, like it's not going to go on forever, you just feel like as a as a fan of the team, I'm like, yeah, they're just going to go back next year on 14 games because they have these guys. And When you trade him, I mean, he along with Kelsey and Mahomes represent what that team is, and so for him to be gone, you're like, you're kind of shell shocked. Yeah, Like he's gone, they traded him, but I'll say this. And I honestly say this from an analytical, like an analyst standpoint. I don't know if that's going to be a good trade or not. They're going to have to do a lot of work to make it a good trade. They're going to have to nail some picks. They're going to have to do well in free agency and they're going to have to execute their plan. But I will say this for Brett Beach. There are a lot of GMs who would have just signed him to whatever he wanted because they would have just said, well, my God, I'm not going to be the guy who trades him. I'm not going to be the guy who moves on from him. I give Veach a lot of credit for having the the conviction of uh, the courage of his conviction to just say, I think this is right. And this is what we're going to do. That takes guts. Now, he may be wrong and it may hurt them, but he was very strong. Look, This is what we're doing because it's the best thing for the team. And I would expect now look, they are going to load up defensively. That team, that is the one way they win this deal. If they hit on those picks. Those are young contracts. Those are cheap contracts. And all of a sudden, even with Mahomes on the books, they have a lot of cap flexibility. They can go out and really do just about whatever they want for the next couple of years in free agency. But that's where those picks come in. You got to hit on them. If you don't hit on them, you lose a trade. If you hit on them, okay, look at the Herschel Walker deal, right? That famous one. The Cowboys, they hit on those picks, and it set up a dynasty for them. The flip side of that is the Browns trade all those – they get all those picks for Julio Jones. Right, yep. if I would say that correctly, and everybody at the time was like, "Atlanta's crazy." Atlanta's crazy. How'd that work out? Yeah, the Browns drafted a freaking fullback in the second round. <laughs> okay, because of the Browns, and who who won that deal? Like that. Yeah. People always talk about process over results. I, can I can I swear on your podcast? Or yeah, sure, absolutely. Okay. That is the biggest load of bullshit on the face of the earth. This is the <laughs> NFL. This isn't fifth grade math class where you show your work and get three quarters of a point. Okay? This is the NFL. Your process doesn't mean shit if you don't pick good players. If you get good players and you look, the Rams, their process is a train wreck, I think, it's, in a lot of it's ways. It's atrocious. It's but, a terrible. It Nobody simple. should follow that process. Nobody, Nobody's firing Les Snead because this process was ridiculous. They won. They yeah. did it. Nobody cares what their process is. Look, I think what's going on in Cleveland right now, to be very honest, I think it, it to be generous is a very risky move. To be blunt, I think is abhorrent in some regards, the way they've handled this. But you know what they're banking on? The second he throws a touchdown pass, nobody's going to care him. It's a horrible reality, but it's the truth. That's yeah. the NFL. You're, based, you're judged off your results in this league. And if the Chiefs go out and they blow all these picks, I don't want to hear from some guy who's an analytics person, well, you know, their, their process was good. Who cares? <laughs> their process isn't winning them a game on Sunday. But if they go out and they nail three of these picks, and you're like, yeah, that's great. It was worth the move. So it'll be it'll be fascinating to see in a couple of years how this plays out and who won and who lost and how it shakes.
1: I think Brett Veach, Matt,
2: used the NFL acronym
1: in its most complete sense, not for long. And I think they're betting that Tyree Kill, the player that he is today. Won't be the same player for very long. but Matt, tell the folks where they can find your work if for whatever reason here amongst our listeners there and following you or checking you out on your uh, uh, I know you've got a podcast, you write weekly articles. tell the folks where they can find your work.
2: Yeah, I uh, just yeah listen uh, fansided.com, Stacking the box is up every Monday I cover the whole league. so even though I'm even though I come on here and talk a lot of Chiefs at National NFL. So it's the whole league and then uh, yeah, stacking the box the podcast Tuesdays go live at 11 o'clock central. Uh, noon Eastern over on uh, YouTube. You can subscribe there. and can check that out. Um, I mean, also do the Arrowhead attic podcast because that fan side started as a cheese thing. I'm guessing not too many people are interested in that, but we you do have some know. Bills fans.
1: Really? Who, like
2: are they, we have like a, a decent amount of Bills fans who actually are like there every week and have a good rapport. So, you can check that out as well. But, yeah, um, and I'm, I'm on Twitter way more than any human being should be. So I
1: think Fansided has cornered the markets on Elite Mats. You and Lombardi, our right. Lombardo, are two of the best. Uh, we cannot appreciate you enough for being so generous with your time, man. Thank you for joining us as always. Uh, you know, listen, when there's Kansas City Chiefs news, when there's, when there's movement, you're the guy we go to, so we really appreciate you, boss.
2: And no problem. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, Matt Vert there on our Genesee Brewing Company hotline. And, of course, the Genesee Brewing Company hotline is brought to you by, you guessed it, the Jenny Kolsch, which is back in stock at your local Wegmans, Tops, your local, wherever you find your Genesee rotating seasonal specialty beer. And Ruby Red Kolsch is the official beer of summer, brewed with natural grapefruit flavors for a slightly tart and incredibly crushable, drinkable experience. I... Bruce got my first 12 pack of Jenny Kolsch. I'm going to send you some Jenny Kolsch because I know you're in Antarctica. It's hard. You do not get Jenny. Am I right in Antarctica? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
0: What? 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 Oh, I'm sorry. So what was you? What? Sorry. Yeah. Jason Taylor in the comment section says, Bruce got quiet. Did he fall asleep? I think that's as long as I've ever gone without Listen. speaking. On a show, Jason, this is your maybe first, ever this is
1: your first clue to the time zone that Bruce is in. But whatever time zone the South Pole is in, that's where Bruce is in. <laughs> what time zone is the South Pole in? I wonder.
0: I don't know that off the top of my head. Somebody please I, help me with this.
1: Someone should help us with that. I yeah. feel
0: like I should know that. I feel like that's a factoid that I should actually know about, but I don't. But here is a factoid that. I do know about, we are not going to make it to listener emails this week. Cause we were running behind, but we do need to do winners and losers from this week in the NFL. The easiest loser of all time. Gotta have a digestive. I'm going to go ahead and just toss it up. You know, softball. Why
1: don't, Nate, why don't I do the loser for both of us? Because there's no way that there's going go to be ahead. multiple losers loser for both Cleveland of us. Go Browns. ahead. It's the Cleveland Browns. I don't know how anybody could ever lose as badly as the Cleveland Browns from the move itself to the press conference today what an embarrassment the cleveland browns have portrayed themselves to be over the last couple of weeks and listen there's a lot of things you could have done right the the deshaun watson move in a vacuum can be defended the problem is what they did today was not a defense of their move it was an utter embarrassment of how they described explained and defended the move of trading for a player with 22 credible accounts of sexual harassment against women and to me all that had to be done bruce to make me feel better was a genuine sincere response to someone asking the question why in god's name did you feel it needed to hire 40 massage therapists over five years who in god's name thinks that's normal correct right okay and instead of Giving the people some integrity. Giving the people something to let us sleep better at night. The Cleveland Browns gave us what they gave us today. And listen, I get it. He's an elite quarterback. There's no doubt about it. He's a top five player when he's available on the field. It's a real disappointment to hear the things that that franchise had to say in defense of their move today. It was even more of a disappointment to hear the things in defense of his own actions that Sean Watson had to say and an opportunity to make things. Okay. Not good, but okay to make me feel better, to make the guy. But here's the thing, not me, not you, Bruce, but the females, the women that follow the Browns that don't just follow the Browns, that follow the NFL. To not give them some level of understanding, credibility, and acknowledgement I think was a big missed opportunity by the Cleveland Browns. They're the biggest loser not only of today, Bruce, but probably the year. It was an opportunity to set the record straight. And Deshaun Watson has had plenty of opportunities to not just say that he's not going to counseling because it's not true. Not just to say, by the way, a guy that texted, unsolicited one of those massage therapists to apologize for making her feel uncomfortable. Deshaun, if you unsolicited, in a way, had to message one of those women that you apologize for making her feel uncomfortable, you in yourself acknowledge at least part of the the systemic allegations against you. If you can't even acknowledge that, it's a missed opportunity. So, for me, the Cleveland Browns, losers. Deshaun Watson, loser. And it's too bad this league, this society, but more importantly, the Cleveland Browns couldn't stand for a little bit more than a couple extra wins every year.
0: Last week on Food for Thought, I don't know if you had a chance to listen, Nate. but It was fantastic,
1: Bruce, and I appreciate that I share a podcast with someone who understands the gravity and the levity who who respects the people that they interact with every day and every week like you and your wife and me and my girlfriend and I simply could not imagine what it would be like to cover the Cleveland Browns Bruce and I appreciate the things and the stances you took I I apologize that I wasn't there to be with you live doing it because uh, I would have supported you and echoed everything that you said I thought it was um, incredibly important and although we're just a podcast that talks about food and football, I think it's also simply important to talk about fairness, which is another F that we should talk about more on this podcast, which is making sure that the, the, the female folk that listen to this podcast, that interact with you and I, Bruce, feel comfortable, feel like this is a safe place for them to enjoy football. And unfortunately um, that is not shared by certain organizations across the NFL and you know, I, I guess I, I, I find myself a, a fair level of ignorance, but but also maybe a, a, a level of, of I feel good that the Buffalo Bills were not a part of or were not a team that tried to pursue Deshaun Watson and that they have the quarterback of their future and that this wasn't a topic of conversation for you and I because this would be a very difficult place for both you and I knowing where you stand, knowing where I stand. It's not okay. I don't condone anything that was said today that was talked about today. And I wish the Cleveland Browns, I wish Andrew Barry, I wish that Kevin Stefanski, I wish that Deshaun Watson had the ability to go above what their legal representation, what the PR folks said for them to say it would have felt nice to feel a little genuine. We didn't get that today, Bruce, but I appreciate the fact that my co-host on this podcast every Friday night uh, feels the exact same way that I do. And, uh, I respect and acknowledge all the things that you said last week. It was, I mean, feel very good and it made me feel good that, uh, I can call you a friend and a colleague and someone I get to share this Friday night with every week. One of the other things that was interesting for me
0: listening to the Browns comments today is that you knew you were going to get PR speak That's and right. you knew that was going to be part of this, but I don't even think it was very good PR speak. I mentioned on Twitter today that there is a better way to even go about doing PR speak. When asked what you say to the fans who are abandoning your team, Andrew Barry basically just gave a non-answer. Yeah. And what I suggested that he potentially say is that he follow up the word comfortable, which is a big part of the talking points today, the word comfortable. He follow up that with this, quote, just because we said we're comfortable with our decision and Deshaun's situation doesn't mean we demand all of our fans be at an identical comfort level. We respect others' rights to draw a line in the sand in a different location than ours. How about that? How about just recognize that what you have done today and what you are continuing to doing affects many people in many very personal ways, and if they decide that they don't want to be a fan of the Browns anymore, maybe just... Say okay. Acknowledge those
1: people and tell them that it's okay. Yeah. I Listen, we have uh, we acknowledge have information that, that made decision, us comfortable. And, and listen, acknowledge your decision wasn't an easy one, and it was made with the women. The thing that really pissed me off, Bruce, is hearing the Haslams who didn't have the balls to show up to the live press conference, and instead they sent up the general manager and the head coach to 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 acknowledge and to explain the decisions made by the people above them, that was a real missed opportunity. But more so, Bruce, there is nothing more frustrating as a guy with three younger sisters than to hear Jimmy Haslam throw his own daughters and his wife under the bus to say, well, I gave them the ability to veto this. And they didn't. What a crock of shit. You know, like what a crock of shit, Jimmy Haslam. Way to... You know, you've got you've got daughters, you've got a wife. Don't leave it up to them. Have a set, have a pair, and make the decision based off the information that you've been given. And let me tell you, none of them acknowledged it. None of them acknowledged that. None of them even said, Bruce, that they without a doubt believe that Deshaun Watson is innocent. Is, nobody said he's innocent, and that is to the day, to this day, that really makes me feel dirty about being a fan of the NFL. I'm not. Listen. As a guy that defended the Cleveland Browns for a long time, I'm good. I'm good on defending that franchise, that city. Maybe not the city. I I think there's a lot of good people within Cleveland that do not agree with this move. It's just too bad that the owner, the general manager, the head coach, the player, the guy involved in all this, nobody could say anything with a level of genuity. just, Just to be genuine and to be sincere, it's a real disappointment. So with that, who's your winner this week, Nate? Who is the winner in the NFL this week? My winner. Is it feels Derek like there's Carr. losers everywhere. There's a lot of losers, but there. I think the biggest winner's got to be Derek Carr, getting um, Devontae Adams, and getting the player that you know I think he's wanted to play with since he's gotten into this league. And frankly, Bruce, I think the reason, the biggest reason that I believe the Kansas City Chiefs aren't a playoff team is because I believe the the Las Vegas Raiders are a playoff team and I believe more so than a playoff team that they might be the best team in that division
0: now if you remember correctly you were not a Raiders believer this no. time last year you were not a Raiders believer when I said I thought they were gonna make the playoffs and mind you they made a the playoffs but <laughs> you think that the addition of Devonte Adams by himself takes it from a team you're not really that much of a believer in to the best team in the AFC West
1: I do because it's not just Adams, it's also it's also uh Chandler Jones. Um it's it's the rounding out of that defense. Um you know, I believe that they're still probably in the market to go grab a uh, a corner of some sort. I think the Cleveland or I'm sorry, I think the the uh, the Cleveland, right? We've been talking about the Cleveland Browns. I believe that the Las Vegas Raiders have taken a step both in coaching competency and overall player competency that I I I think they're better than the Denver Broncos are right now.
0: Well, that leads me to my winner. My winner this week is Russell Wilson. And I know that I'm stretching it a little bit because technically he was traded last week, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it because the Browns had to go and one-up everybody with their bombastic maneuvers. But for me, getting free of Pete Carroll is a big deal. You know that I've gone on record, I've said this before, I am not a Pete Carroll guy. I made some waves by putting him in the third tier of my NFL head coaches a couple of years back, and I got absolutely lambasted for it. The public was coming for blood. They were coming for my head, Mr. Geary, but I stuck to my guns and I said, no, I don't think Pete Carroll is an upper echelon head coach in this league. And I have a feeling that you're about to see it. I have a feeling you're about to see how much Russell Wilson covered up and, more importantly, how much one of the greatest drafts of all time over 10 years ago has continued to cover up a lot of the mistakes that Pete Carroll has made. Okay. So, for me, Russell Wilson is the biggest winner because he's going with an offensive-minded head coach, and that is Nate Hackett with an absolutely loaded stack of weapons. And I already said Jerry Judy was my biggest winner, so I couldn't use him again. So the biggest winner is going to be Russell Wilson. Oh, and by the way, the biggest winner is going to be me when it actually is Clyde Edwards-Alaire season, and he gets, you know, 280 touches next year. Just saying, Nate. Just saying, you know, if you're ever going to get past me in the Dynasty playoffs. I'm going to
1: promise you it's not going to be because of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Clyde
0: Edwards-Alaire. Clyde the Glide taking me to the, to Matt, the that is such, 3 just championship, baby. To
1: quote our guest, Matt Verteram, just a guy. Just a guy.
0: Just a guy standing in front of another guy trying to score him some fantasy points. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you for being here with us Best. tonight. We hope you had a good time. It's great to get Nate back on the show. Please don't keep leaving me because then I have to do it Love solo you. and it makes me very sad. But... A reminder, if you sent us a super chat today that was over $10, please screenshot the super chat, screenshot you fire following at Genesee Brewery on Twitter. Send it to at Nate Geary Sports. We will get you a pint glass in the mail. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you for your sensitivity to some of the issues we are talking about today. Thank you for laughing with us. Thank you for being serious with us. Thank you for being engaged with us, and we hope you didn't leave hungry.